Oh, you know, not much hanging out, trying to get work, you know. Hello and welcome to the Gemcast on Hologram Radio. This is Alex Knight and I'm joined by Aline Sims, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast and science fiction writer Kay Tempest Bradford. In Season 2, Episode 13, Roxy Rumbles, a live appearance by the Misfits as hosts of KRTV's Video Madness accidentally reveals that Roxy is illiterate. After a fight, Roxy leaves the Misfits and she later finds a lottery ticket winning $1 million. She goes back to her hometown of Philadelphia where Gem and the Holograms are having their Rock Out Illiteracy Tour. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. All right, this week's episode, episode 39, written by Gina Bakar. And before we started recording today, I actually looked her up on IMDb, and I noticed that it seems that she had a very short-lived career in writing for TV. Because after Gem and the Holograms and some stuff on He-Man and Mask, she stopped doing stuff in the 80s and curious what she's actually doing today I'm, i don't know if she's still a writer or involved in the tv world at all i guess not since she has no additional credits on imdb but i don't know if any of, of the two of you are familiar with her name at all no nope not me okay well all that matters is she wrote a, a good episode at least in my opinion but we'll get into that debate a little bit later on in the show well, this week we open with the Misfits making a live appearance on KRTV's Video Madness. After attempting to read from the teleprompter on live TV, Roxy stumbles and announces the wrong band. The Misfits get into an argument on live TV and they end up leaving the studio in disgrace, thinking they'll never be invited back. And they probably would be correct about that, <laughs> especially after that behavior. Yeah, yeah, that fighting was unnecessary. <laughs> well, a lot it of what really the misfits was. do is unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty consistently awful. Right. That is true. But I, I will say I kind of feel like the TV people are partly to blame for that because they should have just gone over it with her because it was clear that she needed it to be gone over with her. Yeah, it does seem a little bit odd. Well, not obvious. Uh it seems it seems a bit odd that there was like absolutely no rehearsal. It just seems like they were just kind of not prepped at all for this. But it's not entirely unreasonable to say like just read d directly from the teleprompter. How hard can it be, right? So, I think obviously that was kind of the point here is to showcase that she she uh was going to be stuck in a very uncomfortable position which sets the tone for the rest of this episode. Because it just seems sure. like one thing after another where she's just, she's clearly, I think, embarrassed, although she does a pretty good job of kind of brushing it off. Like, you know, whether it's saying something like, oh, who needs to read or, you know, you know, she's very, she, I think she tries to overcompensate with arrogance and cockiness, but deep down she knows that she's got an issue. Yeah, and and that actually seems to be sort of like typical behavior of folks who 
who can't read but don't want to they're trying to like hide that they can't read right so i feel like just in general that aspect of her was handled really well it's just a surprise to me that it's never come up before Mm -hmm. indeed well, meanwhile, Gem and the Holograms show up to make a public service announcement about their new Rock Out Literacy Tour. And Pizzazz uh, says here, I guess they must be so desperate, they'll use any old trash that wanders in. Goodness. That was just a That's perfect cold. Pizzazz That's line. Yeah. It's cold, it's but it's just... so in line with what she would normally say. At Misfits Music, Pizzazz pesters Eric Raymond to cough up some money for payday. And Eric says, less the cost of 3,422 sequins for your last costume. Oh, dear. They seem to destroy a lot of things. Not just costumes, but equipment as well. It only had 2,000 sequins. She counted. Right. She did count. Only 2,000. With the thing that he says to Roxy about how you know, her pay is docked because of the guitar that she destroyed on stage. I'm sorry, but they're a punk band. They're supposed to destroy instruments on stage. That should be actually built into the operating costs over at Misfits Music. Yeah, there's there's that. And there is also the, like, just because she can't read words well, and it's kind of established later that she can read to an extent, um, so just because she can't or she can discern letters anyway, right. I don't know. Um, but just because she she doesn't do the the word thing well doesn't mean that she doesn't can't read numbers and do math. Like in that kind of I was like, mm. I mean, I can see it. It could be the same thing. But just because you can't read doesn't mean you can't read. numbers. I, I don't know. It was weird to me. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I mean, did you did you feel the same way, Tempest, about that? Yeah, it's. I guess what I felt was that it was a vaguely clumsy way to sort of get into what they were getting to, which is the fact that Roxy can't read. Um, and it's it's like a lot of Gem of the Holograms episodes where they sort of clumsily stumble into <laughs> the whatever it is that they're talking about that day. So it's not really totally out of character with the show, but... Yeah, like just because she can't read doesn't mean that she can't look at the thing and be like, oh, this is minus this large amount of money. Oh, right, right. that guitar. And also Eric's kind of an asshole because, I mean, like, oh, that's it. Well, yeah, you know, it would have been blah, blah, blah. Like, I f- and of course, we have established that Eric isn't good at what he does or anything. So, <laughs> like, I don't know, just be like, yeah, it was $24,000 for that expensive guitar that we knew you were probably going to wreck anyway um so that kind of came out of your royalties and you know like let's have a reasonable discussion but that doesn't happen here so i don't know you would think that maybe they would buy less expensive equipment if they're going to smash it all the time right that would be the the smart thing to do in this case but but right. of course not. Unless it was like on loan and supposed to be returned in good condition or whatever. Like I can see that, but it's just weird. Eric hands Roxy's latest share of the concert profits. But when he tells her to read the statement, Pizzazz and Jetta make fun of her for holding it upside down and being unable to read it. In a fit of rage, Roxy quits the band and takes off. 
and we get a music video not by the Misfits, but by Roxy called I'm Gonna Change. Not a very common thing to get a song that's done by an individual, although it sounds like it's just pizzazz singing. Yeah, I think that's just pizzazz singing. Yeah. Like, that's... The credit was Roxy. Bother. The credit was Roxy. Though. Right, but no, no, but I mean, like, Pizazz's voice actress. I think it was just Pizazz's voice uh, actress. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That's right. Um, or, or her singing actress, because I don't know if it's the same. It's, it's um, not. It's somebody else. Yeah, yeah it, it's kind of like um, when when we had Kimber and Stormer, they did get somebody different to do Kimber's yes, singing voice, but then it right. was the same person that did Stormer's singing voice, so they, they don't always run out and find a new person. So mm-hmm. this this song, I like this song, uh, the music of it because like the, it's very driving and it's very much like her like moving forward determinedly and that's really reflected in the actual music of the song. So I like that about it a lot. Um, I also like that it's just Roxy on her own. Roxy's yeah. pretty. She can be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I thought it was kind of cool to actually see her on her own and just see her determined to make something of her life and I think try to distance herself a little bit from the from the misfits and also it's kind of nice just seeing her come to the realization that you know what I do have some talent uh, you know as an individual and I you know maybe I can maybe I can sustain a career without these other people maybe I could have done that all along and I also I, I just like I like having a different kind of video um so that's that was nice too. Uh, yeah, I agree, and and also a video that that isn't necessarily as chaotic as, mm-hmm. or maybe not as uh, stylistic as some of the other crazy wacky videos that we tend to get. I like it when they try uh, like different vocal styles and different background music. You know, it wasn't it wasn't what I think of as a as a misfit song. And so, you know, I think that they need to have sounds, but b- bands also branch out. So it's kind of nice to hear kind yeah, of a different, like a, a bit of variety. Style. Right. Some, some kind of natural progression in the band's style, maybe. Well, th- at least that they're willing to try different things. While strolling down the street in isolation, Roxy gets lucky and encounters a winning lottery ticket uh, of $1 million. And it actually happens just to smack her right in the forehead. How lucky is that? I mean, what are the odds of that happening? Ripple lucky. I mean, it's got to be like, I don't know, one in one million. Who knows? Yeah. Pretty high odds. Roxy promises to take the money and use it to change her life forever. And I wonder if she'll be able to follow through with that. Let's let's see how things unravel as this episode She seems to be really good with money, so... Yeah. <laughs> Elsewhere... Pizzazz, Jetta, and Stormer bicker at a recording studio about Roxy's tardiness, thinking that her threat to leave the Misfits was an empty one. Jetta appears to be pleased that Roxy isn't coming back, and just then Roxy walks in to tell the Misfits that she's leaving for good. And I pulled a quote here because Roxy tells them, forget it, Pizzazz, you won't have Roxy, you won't have Roxanne Pellegrini to kick around anymore. She's fed up at this point. And she's really done. Yeah, I don't blame her. I don't blame her either. I mean, you know, now she has to fight with Jetta for a position of like beta female in the group. That can't be fun. No. Especially yeah. like after having put up with Pizzazz for so very long. 
And now she has to deal with that. Um, but I do feel like Roxy, as Aline was just saying, you know, sarcastically, that she's so good with money. Why is she carrying around all kinds of bills? Falling out. And, like, right, falling right. out of her purse. Just, I'm like, lady, I know you got a million dollars. And I know that back in 1985, a million dollars is a lot of money. But what are you doing? Why are there bills falling out of your purse? Oh, my God. Well, you would think she would put it in some kind of suitcase with a lock or something. That's just, it's strange. Well, she's got so much, it doesn't matter if several hundred. But when they, when she picked up the, I mean, this is nitpicking, obviously, but when she picked up the money, don't you think that they would have handed her the cash in, I don't know, like a, don't you think they would have had something to put the money in, like a sack? A duffel bag. A duffel bag. Standard issue duffel exactly. bag. Exactly. Of course, like in real life, if you won the lottery, they don't hand you a million dollars in cash, which is absurd. Well, has that ever been done? I mean, that that's crazy. Nobody's going to walk out. Well, that's so I mean, risky. I don't know. I don't know that she necessarily, like, they gave her the cash. Like, they probably gave her one of those giant checks. And she then took the giant check to a bank. And she deposited <laughs> it in the bank. And then she was like, I would like to withdraw from this giant check that I have this many, um, you know, fives and 100s. And All of so these I could stuff them in my bag. And then they're like, all right, ma'am, are you sure you don't want, like, one of those little envelopes for that? And she's like, no. No, I'm just going to shove this in the pockets mm-hmm. of my purse. Yep. I want to impress someone. So it's got to be spilling out appropriately. When Roxy storms out of the studio, as the door closes, we see some money has fallen out of her bag. The misfits question where she got all of it, so they decide to follow her. With her newfound fortune, Roxy decides to undergo a complete makeover at the House of Glamour. Pizzazz, Jetta, and Stormer follow closely behind. We get another music video here pretty quick from the Misfits called Gimme Gimme Gimme, which of course we've heard before. I think at least two or three times. This might be the third time we've heard this song. I could be wrong. I feel like we No, we've no, heard... I mean, well, we've Our... heard it as incidental music, maybe once. Mm, okay. But oh, never you know as like the okay. music video. I think I was getting confused with Gimme a Gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Gimme 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 actually is is an okay song. Yeah, it's not um, a bad song. I don't know if it actually fits right here though. This is one of the few times where I feel like they didn't do a good job of fitting an old song into a new situation. Yeah. I don't know what the two of you think. Yeah, I mean mm, So I actually I liked the video quite a bit. I um I don't know. I, I just getting all dolled just, up. Using yeah, the money, putting, and... putting the money to good use. Mm-hmm. Well, well, some could use, argue anyway. to use. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it was kind of fun to see, um, like, to see that and just to see some of the things they did, like the the sketches, like the fashion sketches, and then it, she comes, like, pops out of it. And, um, you know, I thought that, that those were kind of fun. So it was, I liked seeing that, but, like, I mean, it's not gimme, it's let me pay you money for these things Um, because they're not going to let her walk out with them. So, yeah, I I mean, it wasn't necessarily the best choice, but I liked the video. You know, actually, I I noticed this. uh, Somebody brought up a point on the music video because there are numerous close-up shots of Roxy's face, and this never really came into my mind before, but I wanted to ask the two of you. Somebody said that Roxy's an albino. 
because she has white hair and and pink eyes. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's plausible no. or intentional? I, do, I don't. I no. don't. Um, because I think that we don't get to see Roxy's eyes close up that often. And so I really feel like this is another one of those the animators were, didn't know what they were doing. Because uh, that happens a lot. I mean, Kimber runs around with pink hair sometimes. Sure, you know, or sure. like just, there are always like weird things that happen with the animation. So I don't think that Roxy's eyes, mm-hmm. since like we don't focus on them that much, that anybody had given a lot of thought to what her eyes were supposed yeah. to look like the, well, in terms of color. At this point in time in the 80s, I mean, we did have, I mean, digital art was sort of just like a new thing, but I'm not entirely sure with animation. Like, as far as I know, they were still hand painting this stuff in the 80s. Like I said, I'm not an expert, so maybe somebody can correct me, either either of you or, or one of the listeners correct me, but maybe in the studio, maybe they're like, you know, when a lot of these animation mistakes happen, maybe it's just like they ran out of the color that they normally use <laughs> for somebody's eyes. So they're like... Well, I guess her eyes are yeah. going to be pink. Well, I think so. One, I think that humans with albinism have light blue eyes. I do not believe humans have pink eyes. Mm. That is conjunctivitis and needs eye drops. Um, but secondly, I, I think her eyes are supposed to be like a hazily, like a, a light brownish color. Uh, okay. You know, it could um, even be a I, color correction I, issue because these are old videos, right? So yeah, it could be. They they might not even be color accurate. Um, but I mean, I just looked her up, you know, just did an image search, and I don't, I don't yeah. think so. I always, yeah, my memory too was that she, her eyes were more on the brown side than pink side. And plus, we all know that hair color in this world is not tied to anything realistic. Right. You know, her hair right. is white because absolutely, she's a punk rock chick with white hair. Yeah, it's already been established that that because uh, we've seen babies on this show that are born with blue hair. That's a yeah. thing, not entirely unrealistic at all. Roxy leaves the house of glamour in her new wardrobe and sports car. She decides to head home to Philadelphia to prove to her friends and family that she has achieved success. After all, they said she would never amount to anything. Because they were jerk faces. So, here's what I don't understand about this. <laughs> Roxy has been a misfit for a few years now. The misfits have put out many albums that have reached number one on the charts, or at least number two. They tour everywhere, and despite Eric Raymond's complete incompetence, they are a pretty well-listened-to group with many fans. Yes. Mm-hmm. How... I don't understand what it is now about like having won a million dollars that makes Roxy go, I'm going to go back there and show them I've made something of myself. Did you not have made something of yourself five minutes ago before you won a million dollars? Well, how is winning a million dollars making something of yourself anyway? Yeah, I I, I see your point, but I I get the impression from the beginning of this episode is that Although they have reached some level of success, arguably a lot of success, actually, if they're if we're still to believe at this point in season two that the Misfits are the number two rock band in the country, that somehow they continue to blow through their money that they're making. And it's very clear at the beginning that none of them in the band 
are making that much money and it seems like they're they're barely kind of paying the bills so they're obviously not rich and i think by her getting that million dollars she's like okay now this is some serious cash i can kind of flaunt it because she even says Sorry. like i'm jumping ahead of I... things too but later on when she gets to philadelphia she's flaunting the money and she's saying that she's you know i'm uh, you know the misfits have made me rich which is a lie because she she's been struggling you know, to get money from being in that band. I wouldn't say struggling. I mean, obviously they're not super millionaires, but they're not struggling. They they obviously, they they unnecessarily blow through a lot of money because probably this the sheer scope and size of their their tours and obviously damaging equipment. But beyond that, like, look how many times Pizzazz has had to lend money to the to the band like her own well her father's money i guess i was gonna say you know to uh to the band uh because they they're mismanaged right actually that that remains to be seen you know we've never really talked about that but just imagine hypothetically if the misfits was actually a well-managed band and they didn't destroy equipment maybe they actually could make a good living and they didn't like get themselves kicked off of TV shows. Right, right. Yeah, and this is not the first time that an individual of the Misfits have gone, and they've gone on spending sprees before. So my assumption is that they all uh, have expensive taste and they just buy jewelries and cars for themselves and they just blow through all their cash, like a lot of, which is totally realistic because, I mean, that's happened to so many rock stars in real life. But we never see them suffering no because of this like right. that's the thing is that i don't think that any of them is really right like oh poor me i don't have enough money plus like they all seem to live with pizzazz i was just gonna say don't have they, you noticed that we all every time we see them it's always at her mansion so i assume that they just live there it's not like any of them pay rent right so that's what i'm saying like i feel like once again we have run up against this show's weird issues with class where Roxy is like, I'm going to go back home and prove to those people who said I'd never amount to anything that I have amounted to something because I won a million dollars in a lottery. Whereas I feel like she could have gone home at any time in the past couple of years and been like, haha, I made something of myself. Look, I'm, I'm on a rock national star. television. I'm a rock star. My album is here at number one, blah, 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 whatever. And everybody would have been like, wow, she really has made it. We really did. We should have been nicer to her. Arriving in the neighborhood where she grew up in Philadelphia, Roxy is surprised to bump into Jem and the Holograms as they promote their Rock Out illiteracy tour. <laughs> By the way, just why was she surprised? <laughs> I know, why I don't understand. It's a tour. Ever? They announced this. It's going to be a tour. Therefore, a tour <laughs> infers that they will be in many different cities. So why not Philadelphia? You know, just as an aside, did either of you think? how strange it was as she's driving into town like everybody's waving at her as if they knew know her it's like come on philadelphia just i got the impression that like philadelphia philadelphia is this tiny little town of like 500 people Uh that all know each other like come on get get out of here yeah people will wave at anybody in a convertible wearing a fur coat the first time she, you, you see her arrive and she's waving, it didn't look like those people really knew her, but they're waving back. I'm like, I don't know. Just some random stranger drives by in a convertible waving at me. I'm not going to wave it back at them. Ridiculous. I would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Tempest is friendlier than you're. You're more friendly than I am. Um, you are a better also, Canadian drove... than I am. <laughs> she drove across the country and didn't change her clothes. Didn't take luggage. Just didn't. You know. First of all. It only took an hour and a half, okay? Because <laughs> as we know, <laughs> New York is right next to fake LA. Five feet wide, And right? Philadelphia is only an hour and a half away from New York City. So I'm sure it didn't take that long. Yeah, the United States must be the size of Hawaii in this universe, right? Yeah, it always reminds me of Stephen King wrote a, a two novels in partnership with another author that I can't remember and it's like there are parallel dimensions mm-hmm. and some people can travel between them. But so like there's our earth and then there's like this other dimensions earth, which is much, much smaller. And I don't know, like I always think of that, like when I watched him in the holograms, it's they're in that parallel earth where the queen is dying and, <laughs> and all this stuff is happening. And I wish I could remember the name of the book because maybe people mm. would like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I don't. We see Jem being interviewed by Betty Vick for the Philadelphia Spotlight as she explains that the premise for the tour is to promote the importance of reading and that it's never too late to learn. Thanks for that, Jem. At the event, we see Bonnie talking to some thugs from the Red Aces gang about learning how to read. I, I wrote down the little exchange between them because I thought it, I thought it was amusing. Bonnie says... But you're helpless if you can't read. And the guy says, oh, yeah, how you figure that, kid? You can't get a job if you can't uh, read and fill out the form or read signs or a newspaper or a recipe or even the phone book. I thought I actually like as much as it was like, yeah, she's really kind of hammering on that point. It was very much like an eight to 10 year old thing to say. Yeah. Um, so I, I really liked that. It made me laugh. She's it very brave realistic. to walk up to these people. Do you think that's just the, right. the naivete is... of, a, of a young girl not knowing that these guys might actually be dangerous? It no, could be why a couple is things. anybody allowing Bonnie to walk up to random gangsters on the street <laughs> yeah. and talk to them about literacy? Like, that's not okay. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff like that, but I've known some really, really friendly kids. It could be that in that situation, she felt safe because... You know, it was a sanctioned event, and that's how kids get kidnapped. But, um, like, I can see it happening. I worked with kids long enough that that this is, like, totally plausible to me. Roxy bumps into her old friend, Link, from the Red Aces. At first, he doesn't recognize her, but after a moment, he realizes who she is. Roxy takes the opportunity to show off her success and wealth as she claims that the misfits have made her rich. She asks Link what he's been up to since they both dropped out of high school. And Link says, oh, you know, not much hanging out, trying to get work, you know. (laughs) She just happens to know the first thug she ran into. (laughs) That's right. Roxy hands Link and the gang some cash after ogling her fancy new sports car in exchange for making life miserable for Gem and the Holograms. Link says, uh, they never done nothing to us. They're, they're even giving us a free concert. And Roxy says, you know something? The only reason they're here is to make everyone in the neighborhood look dumb. D-U-M. Dumb. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
And she even says, besides, they ruined my homecoming. Nobody ever noticed that I arrived. Well, mm. Philadelphia's a big Roxy, city, Roxy. Well, not only that, but did she send press releases? You know, you have to organize these kind of things. You have to call local news stations. Local rock star returns home. News stations love to run fluff pieces like that. She should have called ahead. If she didn't call ahead, that's her own fault. Right. Mm-hmm. Can I? And I just want to say here, this is the least threatening and most docile gang I've ever seen. Like his Link's first response well, to doing harm to really Jim Hoggins is like, "Well, they haven't done anything to us." But they're not really a gang. Well, what they are is dudes in the neighborhood. Right. Well, they call also... themselves the Red Aces, though. Come on, I mean. Well, yeah, but that's probably the name of their little league team. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they play golf. You should never judge a book by its cover. Go bowling. Bowling's a very Philadelphia thing to do, right? Well, can't a guy uh, play golf with uh, do-rag and ribbed-up jeans? <laughs> Goodness. At Misfits Music, the remaining members and Eric Raymond realize the band isn't the same without Roxy, so they formulate a plan to get her back. They leave immediately for Philadelphia, and Eric says he knows exactly how to persuade her. I hope it's money. Always money. (laughs) Gem and the holograms are stuck in a cab in gridlock. They decide to get out and head to the fair on foot, but they end up hearing an all-too-familiar sound. It turns out it's the sound of Misfits music. At the fair, Roxy is seen on stage announcing the Roxy Rumble, an event with free food, free music, and fun for everyone. <laughs> Roxy oh, Rumble. God. Roxy's ass. Sounds like a monster truck. Rally. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yes, and, it does. Uh, in a remarkable and amount of time, also- I noticed she's managed to put all those signs up everywhere. Right. And also to get all of that equipment, you know, all the rides, t shirts made, like, when yeah, what time that did she? That requires a lot of coordination to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. a lot. Well, you know those uh, those red aces are uh, they're efficient. <laughs> they know people exactly, and the Raymond crime family. <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. Roxy is asked to sign a contract for her concessionaires, but when she asks the man what it says, he cracks a comment about her not being able to read. Roxy signs the contract anyway. You know, that's never good when somebody signs a contract and hasn't read it. Yeah. Kids, don't sign contracts you haven't read. Just don't Mm -hmm. do it. Good advice. Elsewhere, Gem and the Holograms are frustrated as Roxy has managed to poach most of the people who were supposed to attend their Rock Out Literacy Show. Oh dear. Yeah, and you see them standing on the stage there and there's like, what two people it's It's very sad sad. and i don't think they were well clearly clearly they were not expecting that but very clearly they they're not used to you know not people not showing up to their events because they're insanely popular so i thought that was actually kind of cool that that's like you know they're in for a shock that nobody has showed up to this thing that they meticulously planned right but didn't they sell tickets Tickets. to that thing Right. Here's my thing. Right. If you're if you were a citizen of Philadelphia, this the city of brotherly love, 
and you're like, I bought a ticket. I bought probably what is kind of an expensive ticket, like, you know, $30 in 1986 money. I bought $30 tickets to Gems and Holograms concert. And their buddy's like, but the Roxy Rumble is happening. And she's giving away free crappy t-shirts, free food, and free rides. And <laughs> free they're like, dogs. that. Right. And they're like, that's great. But I already paid for this ticket. I'm going to this concert. And they're like, all right, fine. And then they never speak to each other again. The end. Yeah, it, it was it was it was interesting. Also, this episode taught me that people in Philadelphia do not know how to read. They do not value literacy and they do not know how to read. That's true, because like Roxy and her friends, like none of them know how to read. And they're the only mm-hmm. Philadelphia people that we really get to know. <laughs> so I right. guess, yeah, that's true. The, the city of Philadelphia is littered with illiterate folk. I also yep. I also learned today that the city of Philadelphia has a sum total population of two hundred. <laughs> I thought we agreed that it was five. Oh, five hundred. Okay. Bonnie convinces Jem to speak with Roxy about possibly working together, although she seems somewhat reluctant to. Shortly after, a mob of people are fighting over free food and merchandise. But things take a turn for the worse as food and merchandise runs out and people begin fighting each other. Roxy tries to quell the anger, but it doesn't work. And apparently they have completely run out of supplies, according to the Red Aces. And the fire and police department arrive and disperse the mob. I just, it went to complete chaos. People are that motivated by free stuff, apparently. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not either that, either that or the people of Philadelphia, in addition to not being able to read, are also hungry and need clothes. I was thinking, I was in Philadelphia not too long ago, and I don't know, there weren't a lot of grocery stores where I was, so, you know. I will say, though, it, it is a particular kind of thing that happens when you promise people free food. And free things. They become mob-like. Entitled. Much faster. Right. Because they're like, but what about this free food that you said? And you're like, well, we're out because we bought this much free food and now we don't have any more. And they're like, I'm angry. Meanwhile, like those hot dogs cost $1.50. Like they could have walked across the street to the park (laughs) and bought a hot dog for $1.50, probably even less because it's 1986 money. But it's something about like the promise of free food that makes people act in... Well, we'll look at how, we'll look at what happens right. with uh, Black Friday sales at Walmart, or or sometimes even worse, uh, Boxing Day sales at a lot of stores. You know, sometimes they'll have those door crashers, or or uh, sometimes they'll have like small items that are like free but in limited quantities. So you have to go at, like mm-hmm. stand in line at three a.m. in order to get them. But so people Alex, like cheap crap, cheap free crap. You need to you need to explain Boxing Day. To the American audience, why you don't have that? <laughs> we don't. Oh, have you that, don't? Yeah. I thought I thought that no. was a thing everywhere. No, seriously. Nope. Okay, okay. Well, only Boxing only Day in is those uh, countries. Only in those countries that still have the Queen on their yeah. map. Okay, so which we have not had in a long time. So Boxing Day is a time. Well, it's 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 really a quite a long running tradition where. Canadians celebrate our Lord and Savior, Rocky Balboa. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. And I can see why people would get beat up on that day trying to get discounts 
Isn't Philly isn't Philly Rocky's hometown? Yeah. Should have just hired There's him. Even a statue. Go do the statue. Okay. Disperse the crowd. That was terrible. I'll work on my Rocky. <laughs> it turns out Roxy unknowingly signed a contract that stipulates she would cover the expenses of the vendors for any losses. She's backed into a corner and doesn't know what to do when Jem shows up and offers to help cover the cost of the damages. This was very generous of Jem. I honestly was not expecting this. She's a better person than I am. I mean, of course. Of course, Jem is going to come and help her out because it's all. this show is all about how you're supposed to be a good person. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like something Pizzazz would say. Did you notice that the expenses uh, were only $2,500? It seemed like there was a lot more damage than $2,500. You're thinking, right, you're thinking in today's money. (laughs) Like like, I I said, in the 80s, a million dollars is a lot of dollars. Yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, right now, a million dollars is a lot of dollars, but you couldn't say live off of a million dollars the way you could in the 80s. Thanks, Reagan. So today's money, that would be $5,213.82. A cumulative rate of inflation of 108.6%. That's very possible. That's very possible. You're right. That was a long time ago. Jem tries to explain the importance of knowing what you're getting into when you sign a contract. And this seems to be completely lost on Roxy. Uh, it just doesn't sink in at all when she says that it doesn't matter anyway because everything worked out in the end, right? Right? Mm-hmm. And just walk out with her. I was like, you have all that money and you let Jem pay for things. That's kind of... Yeah. Well, well, I mean, some of that money was Roxy's. Like, basically, right. what Jem offered to do was to, like, sit there and figure everything out for her to actually do the paperwork and the logistics and whatever. Oh, uh, okay. Right, but, I mean... That was Roxy's money. But what what's hilarious to me is that Roxy has has apparently did when she took the, the giant oversized check to the bank. She really did just say cash is check. She didn't even put any money in the bank. She said cash is check. She's been mm-hmm. walking around with a briefcase or a purse so full of all the money mm-hmm. since she got that money. I'm I'm just oh my god. Yeah. Right. I thought the next scene was a little heavy-handed about hammering this message home but uh just after that scene with Jem and roxy where she doesn't learn her lesson the uh the red aces kind of weigh in here and link says hey rocks hey rocks there's no such thing as a free ride <laughs> i don't know. I, can't, I forget how he sounds sooner or later what you don't know catches up to you you know it makes me <laughs> One of the guys, the Spanish guy, you know, it makes me realize I want to be able to read more than a stop sign. I want to start, you. I'm going to start using my brains for a change. Ugh. Too late. Yeah, and, and I don't like this, you know, here goes social justice only. Like, I don't like this, you know, if you can't read, you're not intelligent thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of reasons that people can't read. That it, like, it doesn't mean that they're lacking in intelligence. It means yeah, but their they brains. Not, but they may not know it though. Right. Like, well, maybe. But like, I mean, people are dyslexic. People, right. you know, right. I I know so many people who have it's been called true. names for being dyslexic. I know 
Like it's it's a brain thing. It's not oh, their absolutely. fault. It doesn't mean they're not smart. Maybe they didn't have a good education. Yeah. It seems like the Philadelphia education system in this parallel yeah. universe is really, really not that great. Um, you know, and they needed Jim and the holograms yeah. to come advocate. Like there are so many reasons that right. people can't read, and it's so lazy for them to go back to, well, you're not very smart, so that means yeah, you, I you know, I agree. A, that's a missed. It was a missed opportunity. They they should have done better there. I actually really would have loved a follow up episode to this where maybe they dealt with dyslexia as well. Uh, you know, famously, actually, actor uh, Harry um, Henry Winkler, actually, who played the Fonz, he is dyslexic and very public about it. Uh, he's talked about a lot of his struggles as an actor, and like, can you imagine, like, your job? You know, as an actor, which involves so much reading to be dyslexic, that's like a huge disadvantage. But, you know, he's he's been able to to make a career out of out of acting. So it's not it's not totally impossible. So I think there was a missed opportunity to maybe even do do a follow up episode and talked about like, you know, how you can actually like how you can actually lead like a perfectly normal life that you're not dumb just because you're dyslexic or you're, you're not dumb just because you can't read all that well. Right. As a matter of fact, I what's really I feel like the first time I understood about dyslexia or really heard about dyslexia in sort of a public way was on the Cosby show. Um, because mm-hmm. Theo, the the one son, uh, he gets to I can't remember if it was when he was in high school or college, but I feel like no, it was high school. But he was sort of like a, a you know, a junior or something in high yeah. school. So so not right away. But he he was saying to his parents that he just didn't understand how it was that he could like do all the studying and feel like he knew all the answers. But when he took the test, he just couldn't get it right. He would get these terrible grades. And then, you know, they took him to a counselor and the counselor was like, you have dyslexia and dyslexia doesn't always present as you not being able, like, you know, switching words or letters around. Sometimes it, it manifests in this other way. And so then Theo got a lot of help and he became a better student because his, his, disability was addressed and that was straight out of um bill cosby's actual life his son he had he only had the one son ennis and ennis also suffered from dyslexia and so it was it was also really interesting because it was clear that theo theo and ennis's life were like on this the exact same trajectory um and it, uh, Theo was like the one Cosby kid that was like directly mapped onto one of Bill Cosby's children because he also had daughters. And, you know, some of the stuff that went on with the daughters in the Cosby show were things that he had talked about going on with his daughters. But like Theo was like very specifically Ennis because Theo always had trouble in school. But then when he got to later in high school, it wasn't just that like, oh, Theo, he's just, you know, he wants to do things and he doesn't want to work hard. He literally tried to work hard and he still couldn't get it right. And then they discovered that he had dyslexia. So that was always really interesting to me. But and, and I I agree with you. I feel like yeah, we there could have been in all these all these episodes about illiteracy, talking about that aspect of it too. That sometimes mm-hmm. it's not even just that you know your your public school system failed you or you dropped out of high school or whatever. It's literally because you have a learning disability that isn't addressed, and that's why you you can't read or whatever. That's really interesting. Interesting. That's that's the first time I've actually heard about that. But the the parallel between the fictional character of, of Theo and uh, Cosby's own son. So that's that. I'm glad you brought that up. Roxy packs up her suitcase, saying she's still rich and that she doesn't need Jem. 
Unfortunately for her, the the wealth will not last as she's paid a visit by a man representing the Internal Revenue Agency. Roxy has not paid taxes on her winnings, and apparently they need to claim 50% of it. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Actually, it is it, how it, it works. It, it I mean, they don't pretty come heavily for taxed, it. but right, not 50 Right, that's what I'm saying. Like 50% though? <laughs> they really? don't find yeah. you in, oh yeah. They don't oh, find yeah. you in Philadelphia and take yeah. like your luggage full of cash and like not give you a receipt. Yeah. That is not <laughs> what happens. I forget about this, but uh, I haven't looked at it recently, but that's one thing that really sucks about winning the lottery in the U.S. Unlike Canada, you guys are taxed so much higher than in Canada as far as the winnings are concerned. I thought I remember hearing that there was a rule where like if you won, like let's say the jackpot was 50 million, something about like you can't claim it all at once. Is that right? No, well, it, that's an it option. Depends. Well, yeah, it depends yeah. on the different lotteries because what it is is that with um, with most state lotteries, you have the option to either get the money all at once in a lump sum or stretched out over, I guess it's like 20 years or something like that. Okay. Yeah, and, so. and the, the amount of money that they take from you is different depending on those two choices. So if you choose lump sum, then yeah, I think that they take close to half, which is, this is where I learned this information. I was a kid and I was like, he took half. And my mother was like, that's the IRS. And I was like, no, this is terrible. And, and, and so this is, where I learned to, this is where I learned to hate the IRS because I was like, they took half. Um, but yeah, so if you ask for lump sum, then they take a lot of it. But if you get it in payments over time, then they take less of it. And so some people choose the payments over time because then that means that they get more of the money in the end. But interestingly, and well, yeah, because interestingly enough, like right now, there's there's a huge budget crisis going on in the state of Illinois. And I have a friend who lives there and she was telling me that. Illinois lottery winners have had to sue the state to get their money because wow. you know when the state has a budget issue and they can't pay, you know, the schools and the whatever, they also can't pay the lottery winners. And so I was like, that is right. the best argument right. for lump sum I have ever heard because if your state runs out of money, you don't get your sure. lottery winning. Oh. oh my God. Yep. I There's didn't know that... they, they had the individual state. Like I didn't know there, I, I assumed that the lottery was like run by the government, like at a federal level. So it's run by state governments, and then there are some bigger, like, like Powerball is many states, but not every state. So it's kind of an opt-in. Oh. I think I think you, it's like a ballot yeah. thing where yeah. the voters decide. I might be misremembering that, but um, yeah. And also, like, financial advice from someone who's very, very deeply in student loan debt. Um, but also, uh, like, you don't know what cost of living increases are going to be over time. And what inflation is going to do. So just take the lump sum and find a good financial advisor and invest it. That's your unsolicited, not legally binding advice from Aline. Mm -hmm. right. And you know what? That's why I... Don't invest it in a TGI really, Fridays. Don't do that. <laughs> um, I I do not play the lottery. But I will play the lottery when, like, say, our Powerball or whatever gets up to some ridiculous amount of money like... I think recently it hit a billion dollars or something. Yeah, was... You know, it's like, you know, or you get to be like $90 million or whatever. That's when I will consider playing and sometimes do play only because I'm like, yeah, even if they take half, they took half of $90 million. I think I'm going to be yeah. okay. Yeah. I think I you find know? that acceptable. 
Right. So they can take half of the $90 million. I still have my $45 million. I can put that in, you know, a savings account, live off the interest, invest some mm-hmm. of it, you know, whatever. You could just do all of that. So, yeah, this is why I don't I don't bother with like one million dollar jackpots because they take in half like they took Roxy's. They took Roxy's half a million dollars just in the briefcase and left with no receipt. <laughs> I don't really play the lottery, but uh, I actually just just actually confirmed that apparently in Canada, we are not taxed on our lottery winnings at all. It's another reason to move to Canada. Like, come on, hey, come on, I everybody. Am, I am moving. Come on up. Look, because our president, <laughs> our handsome president, is about to go away. And it, yeah. no it's matter terrifying. Who, right. No matter who is the president next, none of them are handsome. Like, our president is handsome. Your mm-hmm. prime minister is pretty hot, though. He I is. Feel like I need to, right? I feel like I need to go ahead and move to Canada just so I can look at a hot man every day on the TV telling me about the country. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying. Well, I've his whole his whole it. family is good looking. It's it's pretty rare in politics. Most of them look like trolls, but once in a while, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but Steve, Stephen Harper doesn't count because he's a, he was a robot. Oh, I mean, everyone knows he's not human. He's a Cyberdyne Systems T101. <laughs> oh my god! Evidently, she did not read the letter. Uh, that she was sent in the mail about the tax regulations, and because of that, she's now broke. Not entirely surprising, though. I mean, did you see the size of those jewels earlier on mm. at the House of Glamour? I mean, and plus the, the sports car. I mean, I'm quite honestly, I was surprised that she had half a million dollars left. Uh-huh. Like, right, really. right. Because she bought that that car is expensive. Those jewels and all that stuff is expensive, and then she threw a fair. And that must like, I I was quite shocked actually. Like even even with 1986 money, I'm shocked that she still had half a million left. Yeah, agreed. Bonnie approaches Roxy and gives her a book that will assist her in learning how to read. Roxy's a bit taken aback by Bonnie's act of generosity and kindness and accepts. The misfits arrive with Eric and they remind her that she's contractually obligated to continue to play with the misfits. However, she won't be paid for the time she took off. Begrudgingly, Roxy decides to rejoin the misfits. And we get the final music video in this episode called Open a Book. Not the biggest (laughs) fan of this song. I did like the two previous Misfits songs, so. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So I didn't get a chance to watch this entire episode. Are you telling me at the end of this episode they sang the open the book song that they just sang in two episodes earlier with yes. Xanthos? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. They uh, do an outdoor video, concert though. about whatever. Reading. It's a book. It's a it's 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 about reading. And then and then the episode en- ends, and then they they do the other that what is it like? Here's another or. What is it? What anyway? They they I've been up since they they, re- they replay PM. the I'm music there. video at the end after yeah, the credits. But but it was a slightly different music video, sure. and it was like here's we, an weird. all new video from blah blah blah, and I'm like I saw this 45 seconds ago, but they changed the little things. It well, was yeah, kids not are okay. easily amused. I'm sure I'm 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 sure all of us when we were like eight years old were like yay more gem. I mean, I did watch a lot of Rainbow Bright, so it's possible. 
Well, we close this episode with Roxy reading Bonnie's book, but as she's practicing, Jetta enters and catches her and makes a snide comment. And Jetta says, what's this? You gone all wonky reading that kid stuff? And Roxy says, are you kidding? I don't need to read to play music. And Roxy kicks Jetta out of her room and picks up the book once more before the credits roll. You don't need to read to be a musician, but it's super helpful for when you have contracts and stuff. And Roxy learned that lesson, and that's why she's learning how to read um, Go Doggo or whatever it is that she's reading. It was yep. some kind of recognizable book. Well, I I thoroughly enjoyed that episode. Um, yeah, I, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I actually liked for a change that although Roxy did try to sta- sabotage the holograms, that this felt more like a real as close as to real life as we could possibly get from the show. Like it wasn't like obscenely absurd. Uh, they, they weren't doing any of those stupid contests, you know, being run by some rich white dude. I mean, this, it was, mm-hmm. I think a lot more down to earth and I think just simple. It just had a simple plot and sometimes that's best. And educational. Exactly. Lots of, lots of PSA did- stuff. They didn't talk about dyslexia when they maybe should have. Yeah, yeah. The I feel end. like they were obligated to like make some episodes about literacy, and they're like, "We're gonna show them together in the same week." Well, go. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Like, oh, we met our quota for the year. We're done. You've been listening to the Gemcast on Hologram Radio. I'm Alex Knight, and I'm here with Aline Sims, as always. You can follow Aline on Twitter at A-L-E-E-N, one of those real simple uh, names. And uh, you can also uh, subscribe to her amazing podcast at relay.fm forward slash L-T-O-E. If you haven't already done so, please do check that out and subscribe in iTunes, which is one of the best ways to ensure you get all those episodes. If you like the interview format, you'll probably like her show. Maybe. (laughs) No guarantees. There are no guarantees in life in general, but you should definitely give it a shot. People seem to like it. I have fun, so it's good. That's good. That's good. And, uh, of course, your occasional writings on (laughs) AlineMean.com. Mm-hmm. And anything else going on these days? The App Camp for Girls stuff is still happening. You guys have an app in the iTunes App Store. And uh, you Um, guys are always trying to raise money. So, of course, if anybody wishes to donate, they can do that at any time. Yep, and it is a U.S. nonprofit, and I believe we are also, what do you call it in Canada? Like a, a society or something? I don't know. I, in, call, I call them nonprofits. <laughs> there might be Canada, a different technical term for it, yeah. but uh, I'm not I, be- I believe we have the Canadian equivalency of nonprofit, but I could be wrong. Oh, I guess, um, yeah, you would have had to set that up, right? Because you guys did have... Mm-hmm one in vancouver i think right yeah i was just gonna say so is this episode gonna go out in today or tomorrow today it'll go okay. out tonight okay so registration is currently open for um the summer's app camp for girls sessions so we have camps in vancouver british columbia uh seattle washington portland oregon and phoenix arizona are currently open and then orange county california is opening pretty soon for for applications so if you know a a a girl or a gender non-conforming child who is going into the um eighth or ninth grades um head over to app camp 
www.4girls.com and uh, check out things, see if it'll work with your schedule, fill out the application, um, because I I think seats will fill up. We only have 12 per session. So yeah, that'll fill up um, pretty quick. So yeah, go check that out. Thanks for thanks for mentioning Vancouver, British Columbia, because mm-hmm. not not Vancouver, I'd be I'd be I'd be scared Washington. that some people would just show up at Vancouver, Washington. They'll be like knocking on doors, like, "Hello, anyone there?" <laughs> and K Tempest Bradford, people can find links to all of your stuff. I think the best place to go is ktempestbradford.com, which uh, which is where your blog is, where you have links to the uh, Tempest Challenge videos on YouTube, and of course, people should go and subscribe there. Uh, they can find you on Twitter, of course, at, ti- at Tiny Tempest, and uh, you're pretty much everywhere these days, aren't you? You're on you're on Facebook. I think you're on Instagram. I am everywhere. Yeah. You can't escape me. <laughs> there is no escape from Tempest, and we haven't. I'm mentioned- also in a new place. I am on Patreon. Oh, oh you got yeah. your own Patreon now. I need to yes. go support you right the second, right now. Oh, thank you. Um, so my Patreon is patreon.com slash Bradford, and that's just the letter K. It's not K-A-Y, um, Harlan Ellison. So Bradford, uh at Patreon, and you can support me, and if you support me at different levels, you get different stuff, because I'm like, I, I do the whole rewards thing because I love all of you. And so, yes, that's what's new. And I also still have my podcast, The Right Gear. That's W-R-I-T-E, therightgear.com, where you can go and listen to me talking about writing tools. And yeah, that's pretty much what's going on with me. And as far as this show is concerned, uh, you can support us uh, various different ways. Uh, The best way to do that is to go to patreon.com forward slash hologram radio, and that helps us cover our operational uh, costs. We've set up uh, some rewards there. We're trying to do like a t-shirt drive kind of thing as well. Uh, So give a couple of bucks or whatever you feel comfortable with. We would sincerely appreciate that. You can also subscribe to the show in iTunes. That's the best way to make sure you get every single episode in your podcast player of choice every week when we release on Wednesday evenings, usually late in the evening. And uh, drop us a comment while you're in iTunes as well, or a rating that helps new people find the show. And actually, it's been a while since we've had a a review, I think. Uh, The last review we had was in December sometime, so we're now into March. It would be awesome if we could get a review if you haven't left one yet. You can also check out our sponsors. We have links uh, to Amazon UK, USA, and Canada on hologramradio.org forward slash sponsors page. And uh, there's no additional work on your part since you probably already shop on Amazon. Why not just click on one of our banner links and uh, that will throw a couple of bucks our way every time you buy something. You can follow us on Twitter at GemPodcast. We all pretty much well actually i shouldn't say all but uh, now tempest actually is helping out uh with that account so chances are if you send a response to us she might be the one who is replying to it you never know you can also follow us on facebook at gem podcast as well 
And as a whole, uh, for our network, Instagram uh, at Hologram Radio Shows, and of course on Twitter at Hologram Radio, if you'd like to check out some of the other shows that we do as well. And if you'd like to drop us a line and send us some feedback, you can send an email to gempodcast at hologramradio.org, and I received that as well as Aline and Tempest. So that is it for this week. Show is over, Synergy.